Welcome to History, where I get to share the many stories of the Bible and Jesus. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, and I want to share the good news with you. Hey, everybody, I hope you're having a great day. Today, I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is this Who's your God? What, what I mean by that is, you know, there's always something or there's someone that we idolize and we worship. And so, you know, that turns into a picture of idolatry or where we have a belief in a God, even if we don't think of it as a belief. And so some of you, when you hear that question that are listening, you might think, hey, I don't believe in God. And so this has nothing to do with me. And then some of you are thinking, well, let's just hear what he has to say. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for you, the individual that is questioning about this phrase about God. So although I believe personally in the creator of the heavens and the earth, who we call God, that's not what I'm necessarily referring to, although that will be the ultimate goal. What I am talking about is this concept that everyone has something that we idolize. And therein lies our God. And so the question again is, who, or for some of you, what is your God? So in our country, one of the greatest illustrations that, that brings this picture out is the um, TV show called American Idol. Surely, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard of that, right? So American Idol, you got these contestants. Some of them are horrific. Some of them are amazing. And they go through the whole process and they make it all the way to the finals. And then the winner becomes the American Idol. And of course, what happens is that person becomes this amazing celebrity and everyone knows that person and people want their autograph and people want to take pictures with them. And so what happens, I typically think of like when, uh, when I hear certain names and I see them performing on the stage, I look out at the audience and I see people literally crying and screaming over this individual. And the same thing is true for like the sports industry, right? People are paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to go to a game to watch someone that they idolize. I mean, these people are so revered that if they decided they wanted to run for president, people would actually vote for them. Not because they may be a great leader in civil matters, but because they're so idolized, they can do no wrong. And so you've, you've got this concept in the entertainment industry where whether it's sports, maybe it's movie stars or music celebrities, they're idols and they're worshipped. People devote a lot of money and time and energy to them. On the flip side, you might have someone who's like a, a workaholic. Their idol, their god is the workplace. And so you've got them. Well, then there are others that love 
social media. They basically are lovers of themselves. There's a sense of narcissism that is growing um, with this concept of social media where we take a lot of pictures of ourselves and, and we post every minutia of our lives on the internet. And so we've got this craze of, of people who idolize themselves to some degree that is. And then finally, you've got this whole concept of even just coveting things, right? So whether it's cars or houses or technology or tools or recreation activity, whatever the situation is, we covet things. We covet stuff. And the scriptures tell us that such covetousness is equated to idolatry. Well, I want you to think about this in our country because, again, if the question is everybody has a God and we're looking at entertainers as people that we worship or things like movies that we've got to see or things that we've got to collect or things that we've got to do, and it takes up all of our time, all of our energy, all of our devotion, well, they're likened unto God's. About 10 years ago, I was preaching down in Ecuador, go through the, the Amazon jungle, the Andes Mountains, to the Pacific, and, and one of these places I went to was a university, and I had been invited to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to English-speaking college students at the university. What was amazing is after I, I got done sharing Jesus to these college students, one of them I, I got to take aside and actually interview, and I recorded that. I uh, have a video recording. Hopefully, I've, I've got it somewhere. But anyway, I asked him a question that was somewhat rhetorical on my end because I believe I knew where he was coming from because these students were so enthralled in listening to the message of, of Jesus Christ. And I asked him, I said, why do you suppose that there is such great interest in me sharing Jesus with you in this classroom setting? Because in the United States, I would not be allowed to, first of all, go into a college campus and just preach Jesus in a college classroom. But more importantly, I, I don't know if I would get the same enthusiastic reaction. And what he said was very telling and striking. He said, in our country, we hardly have anything. And so we grasp onto the hope of something. In this case, someone, a savior. Whereas in your country, you all have everything. You have no need for anything, including God. See, I found that striking because while their circumstances does not prove the existence of God, it gives and sheds light to this very concept of the question I'm asking, you know, who or what is your God? If we don't need anything, then we start spending time, we start spending money because of all the luxuries that we have on things that we do want. And all of a sudden, we start to idolize those things. They start to dominate our hearts and our minds, whether it's maybe playing video games 
or maybe it's I've got to go do this or I got to go do that or I, I love this person and I love everything about them. I buy every um, item if I can in the store about that individual because they are idolized. And so again, Colossians 3 verse 5 says that covetousness is idolatry. And covetousness is when we we have such a greed for something. Further, here's what the Bible says. This is very telling in light of this question. In Romans chapter 1 in verses 24 and 25, God was, or the Apostle Paul, I should say, through God, was talking about those who worship God and those who actually refrain from worshiping God. In fact, they would no longer acknowledge his existence. So picking up in Romans chapter 1, verse 24, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, that is to immorality, in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. In other words, he's saying there are people because they don't acknowledge God, they do not acknowledge his existence. In fact, some might go on to say that there is no God. These individuals, the Bible says through Paul, the apostle, he says God gives them over to their ways, their thinking, their living. And what ends up happening is they start worshiping and serving the creature, that which is created, rather than the creator. So again, I ask you the question, who is your God? You can choose to not believe in God. You can choose to replace him with whoever. Maybe it's you. Maybe you are your own God. You can save yourself. That is a mantra that we hear in our society. Yeah, we can save ourselves. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's this person that is so great, you literally would bow down and worship at his or her feet. Or maybe it's some ideology that you have. The ideology can be the belief in nothing, which is a belief in and of itself. The belief that, you know, that Mother Earth is your God. But whatever it is, who's your God? Or you can choose to believe that this world, this very universe, with all that we can see, all that we can enjoy, was created by a creator. A creator we call God. A creator who the Bible says created the heavens and the earth. And we can attach great affection. We can attach adoration and devotion to this God. This is the God that wants to have a relationship with you. This is a God who wants you to walk with him, to talk with him, even though you cannot see him, even though there is no dialogue going back and forth per se, He has given you something called the Bible 
that we can use to learn more and more about him. Now I get if you don't want to believe in him, but if you choose to, his word would teach you that he loves you and he has given us a means by which we can fully enjoy him, his presence, and this creation that is given to us through Jesus Christ. So, who's your God? You can continue believing what you want, or you can take this question seriously, take some moments to digest it, and wonder, you know, are there things that you devote your life to? Or is there a possibility that there is a God who created you, who created this world, who created this universe, and who wants you to know Him and to walk with Him and to, to enjoy Him, His presence, even if we cannot see Him? But that we can open up what we call His Word, the Bible, and get to know Him through it and get to enjoy all that God wants us to enjoy through his creation, rather than idolize those things that he had made, but for you to give your adoration to him instead. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about today's talk, please visit our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com or visit our Facebook page at franklinchurchofchrist.tn. Until next time, have a blessed day.